Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Man, there are some beautiful people in here today, and it's interesting. Steve was talking about my past. What's that? Oh, he who finds a wife. <laughs> Thank you, my queen. Thank you. Give her give a hand clap. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, three weeks ago, we celebrated 23 years of marriage. Yeah. That's a miracle right there. <laughs> man, it's good to see my man. Man, what's up, Marvin? Marvin and I served together some years ago, man. Marvin, you haven't aged a bit, man. Man, that's my dude. But uh, served faithfully together here in Atlanta. It's just good to see you, man. Good to see you. And I'm just thankful to be here. Uh, I got something brewing in my heart. It's been brewing for some months. And uh, I know I like to do a song normally at the beginning, but I'm going to skip that. I'll do it at the end today. Amen? Amen. So, Jesus, just thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to just release your word. We need a fresh outpouring, Father. We need your spirit. We need everything about you, Father. Thank you for giving us the keys to the kingdom. Thank you for allowing us to go beyond the veil and to be able to see you face to face. And no longer do we have to have goats and bullocks. We can see you face to face. And we're thankful and we're blessed for it. Let all God's people say, amen. amen. So I'm gonna kind of do a combo of, uh, of things that have been on my heart. And uh, uh, the song that I was gonna do this morning, anybody know that song? In Christ alone. Oh, my God. I mean, if you want to know my theme song, that's my theme song right there. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are stilled, when striving cease my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. Man, does anybody just get that in your pit of your heart, man? Just, ah, man. So I'm going to talk about something today, um, and I'm going to basically ask three questions today. Now, question number one, where is your security? Where are your Samarias? And where is your salvation and stronghold? Amen. So say this with me. Where is my security? Where are my Samarias? And where is my salvation and stronghold? Mm-hmm. So we're going to go straight to the word. Let's go to Acts chapter 1, and let's go verses 1 through 10. If you know Acts, it's basically Luke 2. All the Bible scholars know that. You know, there in the beginning when he talks to Theophilus, if you look at the beginning of Luke, he also addresses Theophilus in the beginning. So this is a second letter or account to Theophilus. Theophilus, I wrote first, 
I first wrote to you about all that Jesus did and taught from the very first until he was taken up into heaven. But before he was taken up, he gave orders to the apostles he had chosen with the help of the Holy Spirit. For 40 days after Jesus had suffered and died, he proved in many ways that he had been raised from death. Hallelujah. He appeared to his apostles and spoke to them about God's kingdom. What did he speak to them about? While he was still with them, he said, don't leave Jerusalem yet. Wait here for the Father to give you the Holy Spirit, just as I told you he had promised to do. John baptized with water, but in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then six, while the apostles were still with Jesus, they asked him, Lord, are you now going to give Israel its own king again? Jesus said to them, you don't need to know the time of these events that only the Father controls, but the Holy Spirit will come upon you and give you power. Then you will tell everyone about me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and everywhere in the world. After Jesus has said this, and while they were watching, he was taken up into a cloud. They could not see him, but as he went up, they kept looking into the sky. Man, Jesus said what he said, and he ain't even just dropped the mic on him. <laughs> he dropped gravity. <laughs> he just... <laughs> Anybody got a vivid imagination like that? I always think that's like this. <laughs> but I want to point out something in, in this. Y'all remember what the first question was? Where's my security? For 40 days, Jesus showed himself after he died. What was the first question that they asked him after he showed himself 40 days after he died? Lord, are you now going to give Israel its own king again? Where was their mind? What were they thinking about at that time after everything that Jesus did? Jesus fed 5,000. He fed X. They saw all the miracles firsthand, and this is their very first question to your Lord who's just come off the cross. I want to tell you something today. There's two things that are super important before we go on further into this. Number one, Who's heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Please don't leave. I'm, I'm not going to. This isn't about earthly stuff. Just, just work with me. As a matter of fact, I bet if every last person here, if I watch you over a course of three weeks, I would say there were similar things about each person, right? Right? Like everybody eats, right? Everybody breathes, everybody sleeps, everybody excretes. That's on the bottom thing. That's like, wow, that sounds bad right there, but you know. But on the, on the second, it, there's just five levels, and on the second level is security, physical security. I want you to pin right, put a pin right there. Right after we eat, breathe, sleep, excrete, we have a deep need for security. Amen? Well, I remember I was 19 years old and I was stationed in Germany. 
and I worked in the hospital in our first briefing at the hospital. And it was this guy, he came in there and my mom was an evangelist. Did you remember chick tracks from back in the day? If you've been around for a while, you know what chick tracks are. I mean, they used to have like the weird cartoons and stuff on it. But, <laughs> but they were uh, evangelistic in nature, you know, and at the end you would give your life to Christ. Well, I'll never forget one when I was a little boy, there was one with the false prophet on it, and he had like the big medallion, and he looked like real weird. Did anybody ever see that one? Tracy, Tracy knows that one. <laughs> I'm not lying. Well, the guy who was giving the briefing looked like the false prophet. <laughs> I mean, shirt was all unbuttoned, false prophet. And I was just looking at him because I wasn't in Jesus at that time. I was like, that looks like that false prophet, dude. But I will never... <laughs> I will never forget this one statement that he, that he said that stuck with me until this day, you know, 28 years later. He said, anger is a byproduct of fear. Has there been any anger in our nation the past couple of years? And you know what? I've just been really surprised that the church has been right in the middle of some of that anger. Where's our security been? Has our focus been on what Jesus was talking about both before he went to the cross and when he came off the cross? His message was about what? Say that nice and loud. It was about the kingdom of heaven. It was about the kingdom of God. And he employed these wonderful disciples, a.k.a. apostles, to further what? The kingdom of God. Ah, uh, it's building up here. Let's go to uh, Luke, and let's go to uh, chapter 9. Jesus called together his 12 apostles and gave them complete power over all demons and diseases. Then he sent them to all about, then he sent them to tell all about God's kingdom. There it is again. And to heal the sick. He told them, don't take anything with you. Don't take a walking stick, a traveling bag. Don't take nothing. When you're welcome to a home, stay there until you leave that town. If people won't welcome you, leave the town and shake the dust as a warning to them. The apostles left and went from village to village, telling the good news and healing people everywhere. So, Jesus told them to tell the people about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick, right? Well, let's go down to verse 55 in chapter 9. Jesus told them to go to a Samaritan village. I don't know if you know any of the backstory of, Samaritan, of Samaria and Jerusalem, but their relationship was pretty cantankerous. Jews didn't like Samaritans. Samaritans didn't like the Jews. That's why you have the story of the good Samaritan. It wasn't really somebody that was acceptable during that time, so they had to talk about a good Samaritan, right? So look what happened when they go to the Samaritan village. Not long, uh, 51. Not long before it was time for Jesus to be taken up to heaven, he made up his mind to go to Jerusalem. He sent some messengers on ahead to a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But when he was on his way to Jerusalem, so the people there refused to welcome him. There was already history there, right? When the disciples James and John saw what was happening, they asked, Lord, 
Listen to what they asked now. Jesus said, I want you to tell them about the kingdom and heal the sick. And they say, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy these people? Wow. But Jesus turned and corrected them for what they had said. Then they all went on to another village. And some manuscripts say, this is what I want to point to. You don't know what spirit you belong to. This is what Jesus told to them when they said, pour down fire on people. Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you belong to. The son of man did not come to destroy people's lives, but to save them. So we agreed earlier that our job and our mission is to further the kingdom of heaven, right? Well, what gets inside our mind when we think that Jesus or God should destroy people? What, what, what's in us? What is in us that's saying that people deserve God's very worst? Am I, am I making sense? What, is, what spirit am I participating in when I'm saying this group of people deserves this punishment? Sounds like some Old Testament type stuff to me. Sounds like some law to me when Jesus came promoting the, he came promoting the kingdom. He didn't come promoting a better place. He didn't come promoting a better ministry. He, he came promoting something that was in a totally different category from what the disciples had a reference point for. He came to bring the other them. That's why I was so excited when they sung holy this morning, thank you, worship team. Because God has presented something to us in the kingdom that's not like the earth. That's why he says, be holy as I am holy. In other words, this thing that you aren't already, you can be. And I'm giving you the authority, I'm giving you access because of what I did so you can be just like me. I don't know about you, but that makes me excited. I can have a relationship with the King of Kings. I can have a relationship with the Lord of Lords. I can look at him face to face. I can be a transformer just like him. Amen? Amen. I mean, let's go down here. Y'all tracking with me? Where is my salvation and where is my stronghold? You know, this talk today It really comes from a place of me really being in love with God's church. I love God's people. I love every aspect of the church. And when I say church, I just don't mean Bethel Atlanta as the building. Do you follow? I love the church. I love that God, that Jesus in his kingdom has chosen for the church to be his vehicle to bring revival and healing to the world. Amen. But man, if you, who's played sports in here? You know, if it's basketball, football, you know, every now and then, you stop in the middle of the field at a basketball court and you have a little huddle, right? And, and you stop the game, you call a timeout, and you stop the game and you say, man, we're not playing the way we're supposed to play. You get this position, Marvin was a baller, don't, don't let him fool you. He was a point guard too, you know? You get them in position, you say, come, you do this, you protect the back door, you do this. 
You talk about stuff so that the team can win. If somebody turned around and just observed your life for two weeks, would they see the kingdom of heaven in all that you do? I'm not talking about religion. That's no. Because, you know, you can still mess up in the kingdom of heaven and God can still do something amazing. I don't know how many times I've goofed and I had to go back and tell somebody I'm sorry. And because I go back and tell them I'm sorry, it opened up something in their heart. Now we can have dialogue and, and conversation. So I'm not talking about doing right and wrong. I am talking about the kingdom of heaven. I'm talking about this other category that every single person, you online, every single one of us can dwell in. What is my salvation? What is the soteria that has been brought to me? What is the sozo that has been brought to me? Can I identify with it? Are you tracking with me, church? So let's talk about this because I'm going to talk about what the Lord is saying because he talked about this all the way back in Isaiah 9 because he said this, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. And guess what? The government shall rest on his shoulders. The government of heaven shall rest on his shoulders. I'm going to skip down a little bit. And to the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And to his government and peace, there shall be no end. I got a trivia question for you. Who helps to expand that kingdom? Who helps to expand the kingdom? It's the church. It's the church. Every single person in here, because he descended into the lower parts of the earth. And then he ascended and he gave gifts to men. That's what Ephesians tells us, right? Every last one, he falls up on those categories. It's all safe folk in here, so I don't need to repeat that. But I'm, I'm staring at a bunch of gifts in here. I'm looking at the ones whom God has hand-selected before time began to expand his church. So I'm talking about a lot of different stuff, but I want to give some testimonies about this stuff, increase the faith a little bit. So my Samaria began to be music, okay? Before I got born again, I used to do hip-hop and do a bunch of tracks. And I'll never forget... I got born again in 95, and for eight years, I did not listen to the radio. For eight years, I didn't listen to anything other than holy music. No one told me to do. It was just my conviction at the time because I worshiped music, right? So God said, don't do any studio work. Don't do any kind of playing in a band. Don't do any of that kind of stuff for eight years. It was my sacrifice, amen? So uh, we started going to that church uh, we were at in Atlanta before, and so a, a lady approached me, and she said, Michael, she said, will you play in my band? We play at this club that, that's closed now, Apache, 
in Atlanta and I'm, I'm setting this thing up. And so something rose up in me because it was my Samaria. But I asked the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit said, Mike, I'm giving you entrance to do this thing. So I went and played with this lady and we played for about three years. And so I remember coming to a point where I said, I'm not gonna do this anymore. How about we leave the show? I'm riding in her car, Kim was already at home. I had to drop off my equipment. How about this lady got born again right inside of her car on the third year, on the last night? But remember, internally I had those no-go zones like, I'm not going there. And the Holy Spirit, because what dwells in me? The kingdom of God. The kingdom was within you. And so today, people might hate their jobs. You hate the family that you've been born to. You hate the people that you ran into at the supermarket last week, not even knowing that that's your mission field. You don't know. But I'm uncovering the plan right now, and guess what you can do? There's things that you can do, because you might feel like you're helpless, because every time you go around them, it's like the disciples and Samaritans, there's always this. This is what you can do first. You gotta write this down. You have a prayer life for those that come into your life that give you grief. Have a prayer life for them. I'm, I ain't got enough time. I got testimonies. I got testimonies. All things work together for those that love the Lord and who are called according to whose purpose? His purpose. If you go down to the next verse, it said, for whom he did foreknow, he did conform to the image of his son that he or she might be the firstborn among many brethren. I think you've been planted. And so now you have this, this shift in your mind and this shift in your heart, and you're saying, you know what? I've been getting beat down by this thing because I didn't realize that the kingdom of God dwells within me and I can make change. Listen to me, I got another testimony. I remember, uh, got born again in Germany, we had this section leader, she was a tyrant. She was the kind everybody gets in trouble. Oh, I don't care about that soldier. Just give me 50 push-ups. She was that, that kind of person. She didn't care what rank you are. Just give me 50 push-ups. Everybody hated her. But the people who was with me, the ones who were praying for people and evangelizing, we said, you know what, number one, we're going to show honor. Number two, we're going to do really well at our job. Number three, we're going to pray for her. She got out the army. And I remember she gave my, my friend a lot of grief, man. How about her son got shot to death? Guess who she called when her son got shot to death? She said, I know you know God. I know you know peace. So can you come and eulogize my son? And he became like a, a second mom type thing to my friend. But she was a tyrant before. You can cause change, family. This is what I'm telling you because the kingdom of heaven is within you. It's not a far off concept. It's not something that's just out there that I don't understand. You can make a difference. You are a world changer. I look at like Kyle over here, man, and the mission field that he's in. 
I remember 17, 18 years ago in that area, a family member of ours was, was in that area. And they were strung out really bad. And now 17, 18 years later, you look at Kyle and Mary Beth in that same place, bringing light to that area because they carry the kingdom of God within them. Give them a hand clap. You see, let me tell you something. I don't see anything wrong with international missions, especially if that's your calling. But man, we need salvation. We need missions right here. There are families right now that are waiting for somebody in their family to come to know Jesus Christ. So first of all, you pray. If you're in a job scenario, do your job well. Hello, Joseph. Hello, Daniel. Both of them had unjust leaders, but they shone in their ability to make things happen under unjust rule. And y'all read both of those stories. They got influence. They had decision-making power because they carried about the kingdom. So do honor. Honor every single person. Treat every single person as if they're going to be the next person who's going to be praying with you, honoring with you, doing your job with you. I remember being in the army, man, and seeing the soldiers who were doing the same stuff that I used to do five years before I got born again. And when I left that place, they said, you know what? I'm sad that you're going. I I was like, you are? (laughs) They said, you're the light, man. We never had that conversation. I didn't have a t-shirt to my chest that said, I'm a Christian, you know what I mean? Say, you're the light and you're going. And so my point is today, let's regroup, church. We should never be complaining about people when we carry around the kingdom of heaven within us. Look, people get mad at me. People get mad at Kimberly. You're not going to draw me into a partisan conversation when I have the government and I have the kingdom of heaven that rests in me and I believe that that can influence any government on this entire earth. You're never going to get me in that conversation. That's a low conversation. And I've seen too much to realize that God can save anybody. If God can save an old chair nine person like me, he can save anybody. That should be the attitude, church, that our security is within the kingdom of God, that we have no Samarias, that our salvation and stronghold is him. Amen? Y'all stand to your feet. Now, I don't know about you, But I know that there's some things that are important to me. And one of the things that are very important to me is that we receive from the Holy Spirit. Between Acts 2 and Acts 4, we see something amazing. When Jesus said, ye shall have power, when that the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the indecisive disciples and apostles all of a sudden got full of power. They became decisive. They said, behold, these are men who have been with Jesus. And people saw them as different because that new thing, the other then, not a better ministry, 
was dwelling on the inside of them. So this is what they did in four after they got arrested. They said, God, will you pour out again? And the whole place began to shake. And every person who was in that place was filled and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna do something today, almost even as a declaration, with everybody in here. I want a fresh outpouring. I want a fresh outpouring. Who knows what this next leg of the journey will be? I want a fresh outpouring. And just for a moment, let's just lift our hands and just, let's tell God that we want that transformation. We want to carry out that kingdom destiny in the earth for this hour. And no longer will I be partisan about anything except partial towards the kingdom. Because I'm going to tell you, unto the increase of his government, there shall be no end. And to the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. I want to do a full rededication, y'all. I want to do a full rededication. Just walk through this with me. Put your hand on your heart. Just say, Father, I rededicate my heart, my soul, and my mind to you. And I declare that the kingdom of heaven rests in me everywhere I go. The story changes because I carry the kingdom of heaven within me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.